powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, that was a little bit disappointing, but a really good hockey game. Welcome to Game Over Calgary, the first of the year of Lanny McDonald 2023. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you all so much for joining us here today as the Flames fall just short against the Winnipeg Jets coming up on the show today. Going to be honest, going to be pretty positive. I mean, the result wasn't, and we'll get into why that's a bit of a bummer, but we'll get into why there's a lot of positives to take out of this game as well. A couple things that need to be tweaked, though, and we'll give a bit of love to the opposition as that was a really good Winnipeg Jets team that the Flames just went up against for uh, the last 60 minutes. Um, trying or not trying something, doing something a little bit different with the headset today. Hopefully everyone can hear me. Uh, no one in the chat is saying that they can't hear me yet. So that's going to take that one as an old win. Um, all right, before we get too far into this, you think you know how or what way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That is sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 years and older, please play responsibly if this is an area that you need some help in. There are links in the show notes to uh, guide you to the places that can help you out. All right. Thank you to Lindsay for letting me know that you can hear me and to left-handed penman for lying to me and saying that I sound good. So uh, the Flames coming out of this one, um, no points. They lose 3-2 to the Winnipeg Jets. And there are times where we can come on here and it's really frustrating. And it's uh, especially back in November when they were losing to everybody and a loss is devastating. And look, like it's not awesome that they lost. We're not parading in the streets of Calgary tonight because the Flames lost. But this is not a game that you get upset about. And you, you can like, I'm not telling you how to be a fan. You live and die with every result. By all means do that. That's why we have shows like this. It's because the passion of fan bases makes it a lot of fun to, to talk about these games. And it would probably be better if I came in here and I was throwing this baseball from uh, hit, run and throw 2000 with a, uh, I think there's a Carlos Delgado on there. It would be, it would be more fun if I threw this to the window and I ripped down the Christmas decorations that probably should have been brought down a couple of days ago anyway. And I, I stomped around. How can the Calgary Flames lose to the Winnipeg Jets? To be honest, it's a good hockey team over there. The Flames played a good game, and they just happened to lose to a very good hockey team who has an exceptional goaltender. That's it. All right, show's done. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. Like, there, there's more to get into, but in the grand scheme of things, I, I would much rather a loss like this than um, a gross win against a bad team. In the grand scheme of things, like... We're counting points. This is still a Flames team that wants to get into the playoffs. And the reason I keep looking down at my phone is to take a look at the standings. Calgary is still in a playoff positioning, uh, still just one point up on Seattle and Edmonton, although both of those teams have games in hand. Seattle, a bunch. They just take two weeks off in Seattle. Um, and uh, Edmonton has a game in hand as well. So certainly not a comfortable position in the Stanley Cup playoffs at this current moment. But I think there's a lot of positive things that you can kind of take away from this game from a Flames perspective. I think that you see a team that kind of hung with a team that is one of the best in the league. 
And from a Jets standpoint, like, I, I like this Jets team a lot. We'll get into that a little bit more in the second segment. But th this is kind of a Jets team that I think the Flames can look at and say, okay, this is the type of team we want to be. You you see talent up front. You see some guys who just work their asses off on the back end or uh, on in the bottom six. And then defensively, eh, there's a couple of holes. But you have some standout guys there. And in net, you have one of the best goalies in the world. Calgary would like to think that they do. And maybe they do again. And we'll get into Markstrom a little bit later on um, as this show rolls along as well uh, and actually I forgot to write down Markstrom on my show notes that only I can see and probably didn't need to tell you about for Calgary again the, the process is the the key here and you're, you're starting to see this team I think come out of it I thought they were clearly the better team on New Year's Eve I was at the game and I I thought when Vancouver was kind of buzzing late I thought, man, this would be a really, really bad loss to have because I thought Calgary played quite convincingly. And I think we're a little shell-shocked after how the the middle part of the first part of the season, if that makes sense, how all that went. Because overall, this is a Flames team that's playing some pretty good hockey. I got on them after that Kings game for how they came out. And the opposition hasn't been awesome. But the Flames are starting to, to come around a little bit. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of talk afterwards of Huberto with um, at the end of the game, like seven seconds left and just kind of, it, it's like you're playing a video game for the first time and you want to hit pass, but you keep hitting the spin button and you just keep going around and around and around and around and around. They make, make a decision in that moment. Um, I think sometimes with Huberto, he kind of lets perfect be the enemy of good. He wants to make the perfect play because honestly, dude's smart enough and talented enough. He kind of makes it a lot, but th there's sometimes where it's like, just get the can puck to the front of the net and let someone put it in. So I think that's an area he, he still needs to come from. But you're much more, you're seeing him react to things more than thinking about things. Um, you're, you're seeing the defense get much more active on the offensive side of things. So again, overall, and chat, feel free to, um, feel free to, to tell me that I'm wrong here. I think this is one you come away feeling pretty good from the Flames about. Like if they play this way again, when they play the Islanders coming up on Friday... They're going to beat the Islanders. They play this way against most teams in the NHL. Probably going to beat most teams in the NHL. Just so happened the Winnipeg Jets. I don't want to say that they goalied the Flames tonight because the Jets played well too. This is just an evenly matched hockey game that came down to Sam Gagne with a deflection that uh, ends up winning this game. And, and so when you go into these grand scale, I think that there's a lot of positives. We're going to get into some of the nitpicky things in the second segment. But let's let's take a look into the chat here for the first time, um, aside from when you guys confirmed my audio issues or lack thereof. So I, I feel grateful for that. Uh, left and Penman, that was a good game. Can't win them all. Wish we hadn't dropped so many games earlier in the season. This would be a whole lot easier to shake off. That Kadri uh, line is getting hemmed in their own end again. That is true. Um, and and that that's why you get so frustrated about um, some losses. Like, I, I think back to that losing streak where it was just like the effort wasn't there, right? Like, they lost, I think it was Nashville that they lost to, where it's like, if you would have just matched their effort in this game, you would have won it going away, but they just didn't. And it's it's those losses that you get so frustrated about because there's going to be nights like this. You run into a good team, you played really well, and it's just one puck bounced in off of Brendan Dillon, who was by the side of the net for no good goddamn reason. And that is how the game ends. You know, like, it's just like, Oh, well, but this is why you can't have subpar efforts against subpar teams because you're going to have nights like this. This is not, I, I again, haven't done a deep dive on the schedule. I'm assuming this isn't the last good team the Flames are going to play this season. So you're going to have nights like this where you played really, really well and just didn't win the hockey game. But 
Now, definitely go out and take care of business against the Islanders on Friday night, who I don't consider a overly strong hockey team. Um, They're flirting with a playoff spot right now. They have more points in the Flames, so maybe I'm being a little bit hard on those guys, but yeah, I I think the Islanders are a team the Flames should beat. So do that. Beat them. Wouldn't that be great? That That's kind of where we're, we're getting at with this one here. Penalty still a problem as well. We will get to that. Right. The Kadri thing. Let's for sure get Milan Lucic off of that line. Um, Milan Lucic, who looked every bit like a dude who hasn't had a breakaway in six years when he had that breakaway tonight. I don't know what it is about me with Milan Lucic things. Um, three games I've done this year, he had a two-on-one with Rooney, a two-on-one with Tanev, and he gets a breakaway tonight. I'm, apparently, I'm the Lucic whisperer when it comes to uh, it comes to game overs. Um, and it's weird because Audi's done a boatload of these games. He has definitely been carrying the water on this show. I just kind of helicopter in every now and then, and Lucic somehow does something kind of wild in those games. But that this has to end. You, you need to get... With all due respect to the career and contributions of Juan Milan Lucic, you have to get an actual top six forward up there now. Personally, I would love for it to be Matthew Phillips. I begrudgingly admit that probably isn't the answer, but I would like for it to be. Um, just kind of off the top of my head, I would love it. Um, and we kind of, we'll, we'll talk to him in a little bit. I would love, to, love it if Manjapani went up there. So if you went, what is it, Dubé, um, Lindholm to Foley, if you go Manjapani with Huberto and Kadri, and then a third line of Backlund, Coleman, and Phillips, and then a fourth line of whatever is left, Lucic, Ruzicka, and anonymous player X, either Richie or Lewis or whoever, I wouldn't mind that. So I, I, but I think we have now come to the point where the Lucic thing has kind of come to an end. Um, Cause it, it just, you're right. That, that line is getting, is spending way too much time in their own end. And I think part of it is because they're playing with one hand tied behind their back. Uh, I can't believe we lost the battle of, we let our best player go to Columbus to Kai number one. That is a phenomenal joke. I love those. Uh, yeah. Bravo. Bravo. God give Hellebuck his due. That stop on Weegs was too good. That was one of those you've already started celebrating. Like you already start down writing in your notes. Go. Oh, no. Good save by Hellebuck. Um, which, by the way, Hellebuck, phenomenal goaltender. I write my notes out um, in pen and he doesn't have an obvious nickname. So I've spelt Hellebuck about 45 different times today because he was just so good. Um, do you think the Flames still go to the playoffs and do you think the flames have the team to win the Stanley cup? All right. Um, yes, I do still think the flames make it to the playoffs. I, I think that this is a playoff caliber team. I think that there is a lot of gelling that's had to be done. This is not a flawless team by any stretch of the imagination. There are a, a couple of holes with the forward group that I would like to see addressed. And I honestly, I think there needs to be a bit of building up of the depth on the blue line. Cause that certainly isn't where we thought it would be, but yes, I think this team is good enough to, or is a playoff team and I would not favor them to win the Stanley Cup at all. But I think this is a team that is at least better suited to make a run than the team that was here last year. I think if Huberto can continue to make progress, and if Kadri can just be half the dude he was with Colorado last year, Backlund, always excellent. Tofole, uh, Tofole, so I don't know why I'm Tofole. Uh, I don't know why I put that on there, but Tofole. Great. You know, like you have a team with if Tanev can stay healthy and Markstrom can keep being this dude, you have a team that can make a run to the Stanley Cup final. Is it likely? No, but it, it is 
within um to to quote um uh, an MMA podcast that I listened to Luke Thomas um the Calgary Flames upper bound limits would be a stand like th- th- this team it's not high it's like a 1% chance but there there is still a chance that the Flames could be a cup team if, if they get into the tournament I think anyway um once again Conrad with the uh each like gets Lucic off to the press box. Yes, like this video. Um I, I will get to, to the whole big blurb there in a second. Conrad also saying, Hi Peter, I have no voice, but is former Circle K classic participant Michael back on the best flame this year, game in and game out. Shout out to everyone involved at the Circle K Classic. That is a I I never seem to be around here um, when it's going on, but that that is still one of the last items on my bucket list and should be on everyone's sports to-do list in this city every year. Uh, Yeah, there is no question Backlund has been their best player game in and game out so far this season. And not only that, he's making others around him better. You guys keep leading me into a bunch of segments that I have ideas for, um, but I do kind of want to get into a, a couple more of these. Um... I'll be in the building on the 6th to stop the wave. I was there the other night. I was there on uh, New Year's Eve for the, the game. Look, it's 2023. You know, a lot of very... Uh, Dude had a really horrific thing happen on Monday Night Football the other night. The world is melting. Um, it, it, it's it, In general, things have been pretty terrible for the last, like, three years. Or forever, uh, depending on who you are. If doing a wave at the hockey game makes you have it, it means you're having a good time. By all means, wave at the hockey game. It's not my thing. I thought it was mildly annoying that with five minutes left in a one goal game, there were people standing up. Now I have the luxury that I'm taller than most people at that game, and so it didn't bother me all that much. My wife, who is 14 inches shorter than I am, may have had some obstructed sight lines. For me, it doesn't bother me because I can just see over everybody 90% of the time. It ain't my bag. I would never do it, but if it makes you happy in 2023 to stand up at the same time everyone else does in a succession that makes it look like the dome has a wave going around it, then fine. It's just not something I would do if for no other reason than standing up a bunch seems like a lot of work. Um, Overall, though, does seem like a does seem like a pretty anti-chat, and from what I've heard of uh, other shows with Audi and others, uh, it seems rather anti-wave as well. Last one here from the Daily Dirt. Do you think? Um, do you think it was a they can't score kind of game? Look, I. Yes, because the other goalie is insane. Connor Hellebuck is stupid good. Um, if he keeps playing like that, he has a Vesna in his future. He's won the Vesna before, right? Um, he like he he was exceptional tonight. So this was just a yeah. The other goalie was really good. Tough, you know. Like there there's a few other goals that most goalies aren't stopping. So it's just one of those nights. But I mentioned before that there's a couple of little things that the Flames could have done to I think altered how this game goes. Um, I haven't seen Robert in the chat so far, so um, we, we can have a touch a touch of Foley slander. For sure, don't take a slashing penalty with three minutes left in a hockey game. Hey, down by one, maybe let's not slash a dude. Is it the strongest slashing call that's ever been called? No. It was definitely a slash, though. For sure, don't do that. It was just penalties at really bad times that ended up burning the flames in this one. Pardon the pun. Um, I think back to the second period. The Flames were building up some momentum. The game is still scoreless. You're in Winnipeg. The Jets are one of the top teams in the NHL. 
but you're hanging with him and you're kind of taking it to him a little bit. And then Rasmus Anderson takes a holding penalty. What happens after that is a, the flames momentum goes to nada. And then the jets happen to get a bit of momentum, not necessarily directly off the power play. Cause I think they only got one shot on that power play, but they at least had the puck a bunch. You didn't have it. And then coming out of that was when Markstrom had to make a shitload of really nice saves that kind of got things going. Um, or it kind of kept you in it a little bit. And it, it was just, it was a couple of penalties that A, you don't have to take, and B, you super don't have to take them at that time. That just kills everything. Calgary, you saw the last 35 seconds once I got the Sportsnet app to work again on Google Chromecast, which will never not be annoying. But um, that last 35 seconds, there's a push there. that This team has the talent that in desperation time, not that you should rely on this, but in desperation time, you can actually get some shit done. And instead, you just needed like a 53-second push to the finish because one of your top players ended up taking a slashing call on a nothing play through the middle. So it's just those little moments in games where it's just so annoying that they take penalties. It's it's like Sam Bennett, but everybody. Um, so it and it's just it's things like that where you have the momentum going and you kill it yourself with a penalty. They were able to get it back, um, obviously at different times. There's a lot of ebbs and flows in this game. And I'm not saying that because Rasmus Anderson took that penalty, the Flames lost that game, nor do I think they would have dominated for the next 40 minutes. And we're talking about the t- the, the Flames as the greatest ever, but it's those little times where everything is going your way and then it just stops. And it's like it when you have things going your way, you want to take advantage of it. Every team gets a couple of those in a game, and to lose it because of something you did is really fucking annoying. And it's just one of those things that maybe it doesn't lead to a goal, but it builds into something a little bit more later down the line. That Those are the types of things that separate you when we're talking about, hey, that was a really good hockey game between two really good teams, and one bounce just happened to go not your way. If you have that momentum going, maybe you create a bounce that goes the way you want it to. I do just want to say, uh, first of all, Game Over Winnipeg is going on right now as well. Um, they, so um, they're going to be covering this from a, a Jets perspective. The Jets are really good. I wish at the beginning of the year, because I, I going through um, for a, a preview on my own podcast, which is called Couch Potato Diary, by the way. I don't think I talk about that a lot on here, but I do a thing on the side too. Um going through the the teams at the start of the season i noticed like the jets projected point total was quite low and i was like or um i think the the, the gambling one was quite low and i was like i don't really get it like they didn't really do anything in the offseason they had a kind of underwhelming year a year ago but they they lost a coach and that could be addition by subtraction although i'm not the biggest rick bonus fan in the world he seems fine but like you see like okay well they have shifley they have connor uh, Dubois is still really good. I've always been a big Morrissey fan. I didn't think we'd see 90-point pace Josh Morrissey, but I've always really liked him. And you have one of the best goalies on the planet. Like, why couldn't this team be good? That Their bottom six complements what their top six does really, really well. Why couldn't this team be good? And now I kind of wish I would have gone harder on that because they are good. And it's so great to see Morrissey kind of stepping into a role that we thought he would eventually get into. And I... It's great to see that, and it's just, again, this is a Calgary show. I'm well aware of that. It's just cool to see the Jets being good, and that they have a bunch of talented players, and they are going to be a problem. Uh, we got 22 people in the chat right now. If we can get uh, a few more likes on this thing, that would be phenomenal. Would really appreciate that. Remember to like this video. Share it with your friends. 
Um, we are really trying to build this thing up. We've talked about the algorithms before. Uh, apparently, live videos aren't really their bag right now. So if you can like this video and share it, the way the algorithm works is they try to give people what they want. And they're not going to see a thing that gets a bunch of likes and shares and go, oh, no one wants to see this. We're not going to broadcast it out. So like the video, share it. We have podcasts as well if you miss any of this stuff or if you just like want to hear what the Winnipeg people have to say about this game after download the podcast subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts apple um apple podcasts spotify other ones um and just kind of help us grow here i think we got a really good thing going let's go back into the chat here continuing to talk about the um talk about the wave situation um yeah, I'm short. Luckily, when I'm at concerts, people are cool, and they let me get ahead of the tall people. I always try to get Audie to do the wave. Tried to bribe him with playing in waves by Trivium, but it never works. That's that, that's Bravo. Yeah, I've I've always been the tall guy who um is feels like he is in the way at concerts, um, and so I I tend to try to to stay toward the back. But again, uh, I just mentioned my wife is quite a bit shorter than I am, and so that vision doesn't really jive. So over the last few years, I've had to be comfortable with the fact that I'm just going to be in people's way, and I just hope that you can uh, forgive me for that. Uh, <laughs> Audie's got to do the wave. That'll get Calgary to uh, win. A lot of wave talk on this. Again, it looks cool on TV. I wouldn't do it in a one-goal game. If they're up by even two, then go nuts. But I, it, it's not necessarily for me. Um, all right, so... How would we win against the Isles? They have Sorokin. Look, you're going to run into good goalies in this league. I would say, and the Flames are doing a bit of a better job of it tonight with deflections in front, that there was a, a lot of, like, the Flames get a lot of pucks to the net, but there's not a whole lot of danger in them. But they were doing a better job, at least, with some deflections tonight. You had some traffic in front. Need to do more of that. Just need to make life a little bit miserable for Sorokin. But you can't just look at every game where a team has a really good goal and go, ah, well, we're fucked. Um, I, I hope the Flames uh, aren't looking at it in that way. So we talked about some things we'd like to see the Flames tweaked. Here's a couple of things that I think can be built off of coming out of this game. And the first one, Michael Backlund, again, as Conrad said, the most consistent player game in and game out um, so far this season. He has been a star maker for Calgary so far this year. You look at... Um, at the beginning of the year, Huberto's kind of struggling a little bit. Put him with Backlund. He starts to figure things out a little bit. It, it just seems like every guy who's gone to Michael Backlund comes away better for it. And right now, it's Manjapani with him. And Manj needed a game like this in the worst way. We uh, I mentioned before, we went to the, the New Year's Eve game. And after the game, they played a bit of a, a video thing. The, the tribute to, here's all the great highlights from the 2022, uh, from the, the calendar year 2022, which none of those in Included Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, oddly enough. But I, I thought that was kind of funny. But at one point, Manjapani comes on the screen and, and says something funny or dumb or whatever. And um, my wife goes, oh, whatever happened to Manjapani? Oh, no, he was there. You just didn't notice him for the two and a half hours that the guys were skating around on the ice. Because uh, he just he wasn't noticeable at all. And there's been too much of that from Manjapani this season. Um, I think Audie was talking about it on a previous episode where like he's on pace for less than 20 goals this season. But tonight, he was really good. In the back part of the game. Like, the first part that there's still a lot of you're not noticing him. But 
that is a really heads up play to chip the puck away from Morrissey to, to set up Michael Backlund on the breakaway. And then he had another couple of really good plays in the offensive zone. And again, it's not an entire 60 minutes of just absolute domination that makes me think Manjapani has now leveled up, but he is getting back to what he was before. And it's, it's just a couple of those types of plays can really, again, talking about momentum, can get the ball rolling. He goes to the plane tonight wherever they happen to fly out of because Winnipeg still doesn't have an airport or whatever. Um, he, he He's going to the plane or the bus or the, the Uber X and thinking like, okay, I've, I can build off of this now. I, I have a good feeling about this. And that goes into the next game and he can start getting it rolling. It's stuff like this that for a long time I thought was stupid and just like honestly kind of thought it was some lazy um, sports talk where, oh yeah, he can build off of this. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? But then you talk to players and it's like, no, you get a couple of good things. You actually see the puck go in off of your stick. Those types of things matter to, to get you moving. And so I've kind of accepted that that's the case. And so I think for Manchapani to make that play on Morrissey, to if they watch film of this game on the whatever they're taking out of Winnipeg, um, he can see that the coach will be like, hey, that's a really smart play. Keep doing shit like that. I'm sure will be a direct quote. And he will be able to build off of this. I think the Flames will be able to build off of this. And that's why... Um, I think you can start to, to elevate Manjapani a little bit more if he has a couple more games like this. But I, I think this is one that you can kind of look at as this is the time where Manjapani really started to turn things around a little bit. And I think it's because of the consistency and because of the, the leadership of Michael Backlund and just how freaking good he is at the sport of hockey. Coleman, too. Like when we say Backlund is the one. Coleman has been a part of that every step of the way so far this season. But um, yeah, if we're picking All-Stars right now, which we're getting close to. It's the beginning of January now. If you're picking All-Stars, Backlund might be the All-Star. Um, there'll be some other guys who probably go because of name value, and everyone gets a bunch because they do it by division, but Backlund deserves to be there. He has been excellent so far this year. I also really like how active the Flames' D has been in the offensive zone. Like, Uyghur gets that one-timer chance, but it also started off of a bit of a, a set play where Huberto had the puck basically at the face-off dot, and Uyghur comes in, essentially takes a handoff from him, goes behind the net. It set up um, a, a point shot. I think it was, was it Tana? Was it Zidore? Someone got a point shot off of it. Um... And that led to uh, scramble the Flames puck retrieval, which has been excellent, by the way. Um, they're, they're able to retrieve the puck, and that sets up the, the Uyghur one-timer chance just off of all of that. So it's not just Uyghur happened to be down there and got a one-timer. The Flames D has been much more active. Zadorov joins the rush. He gets a goal tonight. As we all assumed, Zadorov's fifth of the year was going to come against one of the best goalies on the planet right now in Connor Hellebuck. But Hannafin's being more aggressive in the offensive zone. I would still like to see Rasmus doing that, but... That's not a hill I'm going to die on because it just hasn't happened uh, aside from a couple of stretches here and there. This Flames team has struggled at times to put pucks in the net, and I think if the defense can get into it a little bit more, that is really going to, to help them out. Um, yeah, that save on Uyghur was absolutely ridiculous. Um, a couple, or another one on the Islanders here from left-handed Penman. Uh, Isles are going to be playing a mirror defense, good goaltending, low scoring. We're basically the same team. Yeah, uh, there's something similar to that. I think the Flames have more talent than the Islanders do, but I've thought that about Islanders teams in the past, and then they go on to the conference finals two years in a row. But the, the Flames should be better than the Islanders, I think. And one of the reasons you have confidence in that is because of the play of goaltender Jacob Markstrom. And he has definitely started to turn things around, right? Like, we're not at the point where you see a good team on the schedule, and, oh, you have to go Vladar and keep Markstrom away from him. That's not the case anymore. Mar Markstrom, I think, is coming around. And this is... 
why you don't necessarily panic about things in November and December. 82 games is a lot, right? Like, just think about it. If you are in a room with 82 people, that is a full room. So 82 games, yeah, and then you have to play all of them in a game of hockey. Like, 82 games is a bunch. And so over that time, you're going to have ebbs, you're going to have flows. Not everyone can be as consistent as Michael Backlund. You would love for your goalie to be that, but not everyone is going to be as consistent as Michael Backlund is. Um, And for Markstrom, he got off to a bit of a shaky start. And for sure, at that point, like, Vladar, probably the better option. You want to win hockey games. That is ultimately the goal of all of this. So, by all means, play uh, play play Vladar and try to let Markstrom work it out in practice. But this is why you don't just bail on talented people. This is also why you don't put guys in undeserving spots because of a couple of games, Milan Lucic. It's because over the span of 82 games, this shit tends to even out. And more often than not, yes, some good players have down years for sure. But more often than not, over 82 games, the more talented people are going to rise to the top and rise to the occasion. They are not going to stay bad for all 82 games. Much like when you see Lucic get elevated or when they tried elevating Richie or when you put Stone in situations that he's not necessarily prepared for. It's like, yeah, a couple of great games is fine but over the span of a season the more talented players are just going to figure it out more it just odds are they're not going to be bad the whole time much like a guy like Lucic isn't going to be awesome for eight ten games in a row just because he was great in four and that is something that I think this Flames team is a little bit too knee-jerk with with the forwards I think they they handled the goalie situation about as well as you could have maybe a couple of games here and there where they, they could have tweaked things and certainly we had our critiques but overall I think they handled it with uh, a appropriate amount of patience the stuff with the forwards and Lucic every time he has two good games in a row oh gotta make him a second liner is fucking infuriating because again we've seen this now twice where a couple of games hey maybe it works out what was it four points in three games super duper that's awesome he's probably a four and nine now like it just at some point it just doesn't happen because he's not consistently that player anymore we've seen a bunch of dudes come out and just out of nowhere have a couple of great games you know like not to make fun of the the label that pays but the Leafs got beat by a Zamboni driver one time you know like for 60 minutes crazy shit can happen but you put 82 of those 60 minutes together eventually it's going to even out in ways that you think it probably should so that's why it frustrates me to no end that this Flames team banks on hot streaks of players and gives them roles that they don't necessarily need to be in instead of just accepting, hey, fourth line's playing good. Let's keep it that way, shall we? Uh, One more dive into the chat here today. Again, like this video, share it with your friends so we can get more people chatting in this. Uh, Do you think Allmark this year is better than Shasirk? Oh, I see. Do you think Allmark's year this year is better than Shasirkin's year last year coming from a Rangers fan? That record of Allmark is fucking insane. I don't think he has been better. Like, Shasirkin... Shasirkin had this air of un... Uh, invincibility is the word I'm looking for. Allmark, I don't necessarily get that from him. I think it is a little bit more of the team in front of him than uh, it was with the Rangers last year. They're both very, very good. But I think Shasirkin's year last year... I think holds up a little bit better. Also, I'm sorry. I know I'm tilting my head down. My other laptop um, that I have the YouTube thing on normally, um, it 
it it died and I left the charger in Saskatchewan. So it is en route. It will get here eventually. Uh, but for now, I have to read off my phone. But the least I could do is just hold my phone up a little bit more so you're not just looking down at this awesome hat that I'm wearing the whole time. The problem with Luch is he is brutally awful on the bottom or he was brutally awful in the bottom six, at least not as bad where he is. He needs more popcorn at this point. Yeah, that that is the thing. Like he just he is not an everyday NHL. He's certainly not a top six NHL player. Good heavens, no. But he's at this point, I think he would benefit from uh, some NBA-style load management, you know? And, like, you want to get Matthew Phillips some, some more ice time, I would hope. Um, even, like, guys like Richie, you know, cycle those dudes in a little bit. Just work a few extra guys in, give Lucic a night or two off, and then he can go crash-bang-boom against the Islanders or against the whoever, you know? Like, just give him the the rest of the way. How many games are we at and how many games... Uh, okay, Flames, this was... Their 39th game tonight, so that's 43 games remaining. Right? Right. Of those 43, if he played 25, look, I know there are some people, specifically in this group chat, who would say that the ideal number of Milan Lucic games played the rest of the year should be equal to the amount of NHL games that I play this year. That's not going to be the case. But of the 43 games remaining, if he plays between 25 and 28, I think you get a much better Milan Lucic out of that. Sit him for a couple of games, rest that big beaten up body up, and then let him go out there and just go balls to the wall for a couple of nights, and then sit him again for a couple, and just rinse and repeat and see how that goes. Knowing Milan Lucic, not that I know him great personally, but just, I can't imagine he would be okay with that, but I think if the team said, look, this we think this is the best way we can maximize you, and this would be the best for the team, I'd like to think that he'd be at least a little bit more on board with that. Football Frenzy asking, uh, do you think the Flames should have tried to keep the big three a little bit better, or do you think this big three will work itself out? Um, I, I'm assuming we're talking about Goudreau, Monaghan, and Kachuk. The problem is, like, two-thirds of them didn't want to be here. So, like... It would have been nice if you could have done something to make them want to be here more. But I was in favor of kind of blowing it up a couple of years ago anyway. Like, we, we had kind of beaten our head against the wall enough, hadn't we? And so, with this group now, I think that you are in a better chance to win in the postseason. Like I said at the beginning, I think I would take my chances with, with Huberto and with Kadri. Uyghur, I think, is coming along. I would take my chances with this group more than I would last year's group. And part of that's confirmation bias because I saw last year's group have it not work time and time and time and time and time and time again. We haven't seen it fail with this year's team because it's only been this year so far. But I I think that this will eventually work itself out. Is it perfect this year? No. And I know the contracts seem big now, and like eventually these guys are going to age out. But I do also think that a full year under their belts and then the whole offseason, all of that, the longer this goes to a time, the better it's going to be. There's certainly going to be a, a point of diminishing returns, but for the next couple of years, the longer this thing sticks together, I think the better it is going to be for the Flames. Uh, all right, one last time. Please like the video. <laughs> just please like me. Uh, like the video, share it with your friends, and just tell everyone we're, we're coming on these. Like I, I tweeted out, at PrimetimeKlein on, on Twitter. I really love chatting with all of you. I, I've done it for a long time on different platforms. Uh, this one, I, I think this chat is awesome, and I, I really enjoy the conversations we have. Would like for more people to be involved, so share these videos out when you can. Like the videos. If you miss anything, subscribe to the podcast. Just search Game Over NHL. 
it's the, the, the logo thing and everything is the same. You get to keep up with all the, the, the Canadian teams. We've got some great content. Shout out to the Winnipeg team, by the way. Um, they they kind of just got dropped in middle of the season. And our Winnipeg crew, I think, is one of the best we have. Everyone's been awesome. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to all the shows. But just a quick shout out to the Winnipeg group because um, – they have been phenomenal to to kind of get thrown into to all of this in the middle of the season. So definitely check out their opinions on this once we are done here. The next time game over is uh, going to be with the Calgary portion of things. Was well, a weird way of saying that. Uh, they The Flames take on the Islanders on Friday. That will be the next game over. And it'll be mine. I know it's rare that I do two games in a row. Um, Audie's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting so far. Uh, but it is going to be me once again for the Friday matchup. So thank you all so much for tuning in and I will talk to you all on Friday. Follow me on social media. I am at primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram and I'll talk to you all on Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your evening, everybody. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.